Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. I want to share with you today the historical account of a man who lived over 4,000 years ago, whose life impacts every Christ follower today. He lived in what is now modern-day Iraq in a city called Ur of the Chaldeans. He lived with his family there, and the scriptures tell us in Joshua 24, 2, that that family served other gods. And so this man was living in his home city in what is now modern-day Iraq among a family that was caught up in idolatry. The scriptures further tell us that his father, Terah, moved him, his wife, and his nephew from Ur of the Chaldeans up the Euphrates River several hundred miles to another place called Haran. It was a city in what is now modern-day Syria, and they uh, settled there for a while, and while they were there, his father Terah died And the scriptures go on to tell us that that man's name was Abram. Abram, which meant exalted father. And later on, that name was changed. Actually, it was changed when he was 99 years old. Can you imagine having a name change at 99 years old? His name was changed from Abram, exalted father, to Abraham, which meant father of a multitude And while he was there in Haran, God called him. The scripture tells us in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 7, You are the Lord, the God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and gave him the name Abraham. So God chose. I want you to just just think about that for for a moment. God chose Abraham. God brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans, even before he probably realized what was going on, even before he received the call. God chose Abraham and called him in Haran. And that call uh, was one that said this, Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. God called him out of that land. And and he then began at age 75. Age 75. He received the call and he began a journey. And that journey was a journey of a hundred years because he started at 75. The scriptures tell us that he lived to 175. So he began a journey, a lifetime journey of a hundred years, a nomadic journey. He traveled uh, during that 100 years over a period of, of, over a space rather, of hundreds of miles. He was a nomad. And so, I want us to look at that. That journey of a hundred years, that nomadic journey, was a journey of faith and belief. Genesis chapter 15, verse 6 says, And he, Abraham, believed the Lord, and it counted to him as righteousness. 
It was a journey of belief, a journey of faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 6 says, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And so, his journey of 100 years was a journey of believing and trusting in God. Could I just stop and say this? Uh, the scriptures are in several places, including Romans chapter 4, verse 3, and the one I just quoted in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6, and uh, the one I just quoted here in, in uh, Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Multiple times, the scriptures tell us that Abraham was counted as righteousness because he believed God. Now, uh, the scriptures tell us that the demons believe and tremble. That was that is just a mental assent. That's knowing the facts, believing and knowing the facts. But that's not what what is being referred to here in terms of Abraham. Abraham's belief was way beyond just a mental assent to the facts, knowing about God. It was a journey of trusting God of relying on God, of of obeying God, because this was not only a journey of belief and faith, but it was a journey of obedience. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed, obeyed when he was called out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. He was making a, a, a nomadic journey of a hundred years, not knowing where the next stop would be necessarily, but he obeyed God. It was a journey of belief and faith that resulted in a journey of obedience. That is so very important, but it was also a journey of worship. Uh, There are numerous places in uh, Genesis that bring that out. Genesis chapter 12, verse 8, chapter 13, verse 4, chapter 13, verse 18, chapter 14, the last part of verse 20. And in each of those verses, it refers to the fact that Abraham built an altar, Abraham prayed, uh, and, and he was in the habit of stopping wherever he was, building an altar, praying, acknowledging God. It was a a journey of worshiping God. It was a life of acknowledging and reverencing and worshiping Almighty God. And so it was a faith journey, a belief journey, an obedience journey, a worship journey. But I would not be telling the whole truth if I didn't say that it was a journey with some stumbles Abraham was not a perfect man in in how he lived. Now, before God, because of his faith in God, it was counted to him as righteous. God saw him as a righteous man. And that righteousness ultimately is because of what Jesus would do 2,000 years later. But Abraham was a man with feet of clay. And Abraham was a man who sometimes failed God, who sometimes stumbled in, in as he went. There were two times that were listed in Scriptures, and I love the Scriptures. They don't just sugarcoat. It's not some kind of a fairy tale, some kind of a grand scheme. But the Scriptures talk about not only his righteousness, but they talk about his stumbles, his failures. And on two separate occasions in the Scripture, he lied. He manipulated about his, uh, lied about his wife. And that caused other people trouble, and it caused him trouble. And um, 
and there was a big one, a big stumble. God promised him a seed. His wife, uh, Sarah, was barren. And so they decided to help God out. You know, we do that sometimes, don't we? We try to help God along as if he needs help. And, and so uh, Sarah urged him to do what was common in those days when a woman was barren. She would take her, her handmaiden, her, her uh, servant, her domestic help, and allow him to go into her. And so Abraham went into Hagar, and, and uh, Hagar conceived, and Ishmael was born. But that was not how God planned to give Abraham his promised seed. So Abraham tried to help God out a little bit, and it brought consequences as well. So Abraham was not a perfect man, but he was a man who was righteous due to his faith and belief and trust in Almighty God. Well, in that journey, there's something very important that we got to remember, and that is the covenant that God made with Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. It was an everlasting and is an everlasting covenant. And so we are connected 4,000 years later to this Abrahamic covenant. It was a covenant that was previewed in, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. But then that covenant was made in Genesis chapter 15, verses 18 to 21, and reaffirmed again in Genesis 17. And that covenant essentially said this, In you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now how could all the families of the earth be blessed in Abraham 4,000 years ago this covenant was made? Well, in Galatians uh, chapter 3, verse 8, we're told that when uh, Abraham received that covenant, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed, Paul said the gospel was being preached to Abraham. How would all the families of the earth be blessed in Abraham? Well, it was through his seed. And his seed is none other than the promised Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. All of those so-called boring genealogies in the Scripture are there for a reason. Those genealogies trace back the line of Jesus Christ to Abraham and that promise Jesus was the seed of Abraham. Now, let's just make it very clear. Jesus is God, a very God. He's eternal God. He's God the Son. But Jesus, uh, by God's plan, His eternal plan, was born. He came to this earth as a human, planted by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary. Mary, whose lineage could be traced all the way back to Abraham. And, of course, his stepfather, Joseph, whose lineage could be traced all the way back to Abraham. Jesus is the seed of Abraham. And so that covenant was fulfilled in Jesus Christ, and we are recipients of that today. When we believe and trust in Jesus Christ, we become the seed of Abraham. That is made clear, again, in uh, a couple of places, but in, in Galatians chapter 3, uh, we are told that we who believe and trust in Jesus are the actual seed of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham. Well, uh, Abraham was put to the ultimate test in Genesis chapter 22 when he was asked to bring his son and the Scriptures refer to him in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, as the only begotten son of Abraham. 
That's a familiar phrase, isn't it? Gen, uh, John chapter 3, verse 16 calls Jesus the only begotten Son. What does that mean? It's the unique Son. God has other sons. We are sons of God, but we are not the unique Son of God. God the Son, Jesus Christ. And Abraham had other sons, Ishmael and other sons, but Isaac was the promised one, the unique son, the one through whom uh, the Messiah would come. And he was asked to to, uh, sacrifice that son, and so Abraham did that. He took that son right up there and put him on the altar, and he raised the knife, and he was ready to kill his son, believing in faith that God would raise him from the dead, or that God would provide, and God stopped him from killing his son, and God provided that ram as a sacrifice, the ram who was caught in the thicket. No one stopped God from sacrificing his son, Jesus Christ. Abraham passed the test, and that was a foreshadowing of the ultimate sacrifice that would be made in Jesus Christ. Well, let me just wrap this up by quoting to you a verse from he, uh, three verses from Hebrews chapter eleven, verses thirteen through sixteen. That's four verses, isn't it? And and Abraham uh, is included in this. Listen to what it says: These all died in faith not having received the things promised in their lifetime, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and have acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Abraham, for those 100 years, was a nomad looking for a destination. God promised him and his his descendants the the, uh, uh, land of Canaan, of Israel, but he never fully settled there. But the Bible says, for people who speak thus, make it clear that they're seeking a homeland. Abraham was seeking a homeland, but what was his ultimate homeland? It says, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. Uh, Abraham could have gone back to Haran or back to the Ur Ur of the Chaldeans. But it says, but as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. Abraham's ultimate destination was not Israel. It was not the land of Canaan. It was heaven. And by faith, he journeyed for a hundred years through this life, but then he ended up at his ultimate destination of heaven. And I want to tell you that we who are followers of Christ, connected to Abraham through that covenant, We are nomads. We are exiles. We are making our journey through this life, our temporary journey. But our ultimate destination is a heavenly one. And one day, we'll be there. I hope that you have put your faith and trust in the Messiah, in Jesus Christ, and that you too are on that journey whose ultimate destination is heaven. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.